man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Now on to this week's episode. This week on the Rock News Weekly Podcast, week of January 22nd, 2024, season six, episode number three. This week we talk about a member of Sleep Token was doxxed and had his birth certificate and other personal information posted online. McMars gets a victory against Motley Crue in their current legal battle. The Songwriters Hall of Fame announces their class for 2024 and Sublime confirms an official reunion with Bradley Noble's son, Jacob, and announced their Coachella appearance and more. Plus this week in rock and roll history trivia, weekly WTF, and so much more, all of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com. Watch us live every Sunday, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly, and on demand, youtube.com at rocknewsweekly. All right, it's time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast. What's up, everybody? Chris here hanging out as well as David. How's it going, hey. man? Uh, it's good. Good, good. Can't it's complain. Raining all, well, it's raining all week. It is. Uh, the little, we- I mean, I'm a little down. The weather that, is uh, rainy and gloomy. but uh, had a I, good week, though. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's it's been a good kickoff to the year so far these past couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I've been doing the dry January thing. So uh, it's I've been 21 days now. Haven't went to bed without alcohol. Days. Yeah, I haven't went to bed. <laughs> Good job. Shit. No, I never used to do that. I was never that bad. I want to put that <laughs> out there. No, but it's been a nice like um, change of pace and uh, kind of detox and cleanse and all that. So oh, that's good. I hope you know maybe uh, I can motivate people out there to kind of do it on their own terms. I don't want to be one of those guys though, I was talking about it before we get going that like preaches about how they don't drink and uh you know every year making everybody feel bad and stuff like yeah that. well they <laughs> make these posts like yeah about how it's poison and how it's this you know horrible thing that ruins lives and all that is true it is uh but i feel like it's one of those things where it's like it's your own kind of personal thing yeah, yeah. it's not like you saying that is gonna like right. change everyone it's about so i it's could say like, the no, same I thing mean, about cigarettes like i quit cigarettes a long time ago right and like I could post about it every year. Like, you know, you guys could change your lives and stop wasting money, man, and it's killing you and all this but stuff. It would be you more could do for it. you than for the actual Exactly. Person. And so I don't, you know, I don't know. I do like to share that stuff from time to time, but I never want to make a soapbox out of it. So if you're going through it, cool. If you could do it and you could be a better person for it, then awesome. You know, if you need to change it, only you know that. So anyway. Knowing is half the battle. That is true. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, yep. uh, taught us that. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's get to the rock news this week. Everybody's like, wait a minute, what what podcast is this? What are we talking about? All right, so yes, Rock News Weekly. Uh, we were talking about Sleep Token member getting doxxed, uh, which is a pretty big deal. We're going to talk about that. Uh, his birth certificate was posted. It was pretty wild. McMars getting a victory against Motley Crue, Songwriters Hall of Fame with their class for 2024. Uh, pretty cool, legendary artist in that. Uh, and Sublime confirming an official un- a reunion with Brad New- Knowles' son. Uh, which is pretty neat, and we'll take a look at the Coachella lineup as well. So that's all on the way. Check us out, rocknewsweekly.com, all Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the same, at Rock News Weekly, on our YouTube channel, at Rock News Weekly. All right, let's get to it. Tour news. Got a couple of tours that were announced this week. This is like a totally 90s lineup here, uh, David. 
Bush, Jerry yeah, Bush. Cantrell, and Candlebox. Candlebox. <laughs> Everybody's 90s uh, dream Box. lineup here. You know, I, to, to, to be honest with you, I really liked Candlebox. Yeah, yeah. They were one of those catchy bands. They were like, pretty good. Uh, yeah, and then Jerry Cantrell, of course, of Alice in Chains. He's yeah. doing his solo thing, so probably not going to be doing any Alice in Chains tracks, but Jerry Cantrell's solo, I will say, is really awesome, too. He's a very talented guitarist, so that's pretty cool. I honestly would go for him and probably Candlebox, but Bush I could probably do without if I'm being an honest. I'll uh, have to go digging through my trash, <laughs> the, my, the the uh, Alice in Chains albums that my mom would always throw away. Oh, yeah. There <laughs> She'd was one. find them and throw them away, you know? The, yeah, my the parents. The one with the dog. With oh, yeah, yeah, this one on right it. here. Oh, you're. <laughs> yes, you're wearing this 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 shirt here, like so everybody can see it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. My mom threw it away, right. and I found it in the garbage. I was like, "What? Come on, <laughs> there's not even any cuss words on it." No, this is great. This was an amazing album, Dirt. Uh, yeah, that was really good. Uh, good stuff. Um, anyway, so yeah, we were talking about um, that kind of '90s vibe that seems to be going around with a lot of the tours these days. It seems like the Everybody's hitting the 30-year mark. Everybody's celebrating. It's 30 years as a band, 30th anniversary tour for Bush. So they formed in 1994, put out that debut album, and, you know, been been around ever since. As I always say, I'm so, uh, you know, I liked Bush a lot in, in those in those early years, and I'm so surprised that they're still around. Mm-hmm. I'm, they seemed like the type of band that would be like a one-hit wonder, I think, because, uh, because Gavin... Rossdale was yep. so good looking. Yeah, he seemed. They seemed right? like a contrived band. Yeah, yeah like a record like, label put it together. Like, here's our answer to Nirvana. Yeah, Nirvana. It's like our British issue. Yeah, it's the British Nirvana. Or whatever, yeah, right? and then it's, they stuck together. That's and they, good. they, yeah, and they're still making new music. So good for them. Thirty years. Uh, it's a pretty cool lineup, all over the U.S. So, <clears throat> what's interesting is we don't get anything uh, on the West Coast except a couple dates in San Diego and L.A. So that tells me that they could be on the aftershock lineup. Uh, because of a uh, radius clause, a lot of the times uh, when these tours get announced, they cannot announce uh, tours or show in the area for at least like a month or so, sometimes up to three months uh, to aftershock dates. So I always look at these dates around the corner and kind of put it together. Uh, I think I would bet money that Bush at least will be at aftershock and probably Jerry Cantrell and Candlebox as well. But you heard it here first, if it turns out to be true. Prognostication. Yes. We should do that. You know what I was thinking, man? Like, next year. Rock and roll <clears throat> prophecy? Yeah, like, we should do yes. predictions predictions for the year for, like, uh, whatever, for things that are going to happen <laughs> yeah. in the world of rock, you know? We could wear, like, hoods, <laughs> like, druid-looking hoods or something. Like Spinal Tap Stonehenge. We could yes. have like fog and like, yes, we could do a whole thing. Let's do it. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. Okay. We're definitely going to do that then. So we'll predict that's stuff. that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. And we could do it every year. And then we come back and we look at our predictions and we see what it I feel that I've overcome <laughs> yeah. the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> All right. So that's on the docket. We're going to definitely do that. <clears throat> All right. Harley Davidson Homecoming. Check this out. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jelly Roll, Hardy, Offspring. Warren Zeters, Cypress Hill, all that stuff. Uh, it that seems looks fun. That looks like a, a lively one. Pretty s- solid yeah. lineup. I got to say, it's got something for everybody there, especially Cypress Hill on there, yeah. Jelly Roll. Um, so if you guys want to get on the bike and head on out there, it's July 25th through the 28th of next year in Milwaukee uh, at the Harley-Davidson Homecoming Festival. Milwaukee. 
<clears throat> Pre-sale uh, is already on now. So if you guys want to check that out, grab your tickets. Green Day. Savior's Tour. We were mentioning playing Dookie and American Idiot in its entirety. Uh, their two biggest albums, which is pretty cool. I think it's going to be fun to see some of those tracks live that normally don't ever get played uh, into the set list. Some of those obscure yeah. ones, kind of in-between tracks and stuff like that on those albums. Both great albums, so uh, looking forward to that. And then, I mean, Smashing Pumpkins, Rancid on there. Pretty solid show. Is that something oh, yeah. that you would check out? Uh, Heck yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That looks like my... That looks like my... 15th year of life. <laughs> right. 14th or 15th year of life. Yep. Um, the, of course, it's on sale now. And check out all these dates. We're getting a date in San Francisco. Uh, we are going to be giving away tickets on the bear. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. September 20th, Oracle Park. It's going to be a good one. So uh, on sale now. All right. Let's get to the headlines, though. The kind of the meat and potatoes of the uh, of the week here. <clears throat> The Rock News uh, headline this week was kind of a, a crazy one to read. Nothing lasts forever was Sleep Token doxxed and Three's identity revealed was uh, the main headline. And yes, he was doxxed. And yes, his in identity was revealed in a pretty crazy thing. So they're... Uh, in case you guys don't know, there are massively. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell me about because I'm I'm ignorant. Okay, Sleep so Token. Sleep Token, massively popular band hailing from Britain. All of the members hide their identities. Okay. It's it's been uh, I don't know if you uh, remember that band Ghost. They're still around, but uh, before it happened with them, uh, that they got their stuff revealed. Okay. Uh, Tobias Forge was the front man of this band Ghost for a long time. Well, he still is, but had his identity concealed, and nobody knew who these members were, and they went by the Ghouls, you know, and they were just these anonymous players. And people did this like investigative work and figured it out and posted it online and kind of ruin the fun you know and now it's happened with sleep token sleep token is the, another band that's been pretty good for the past i don't know five six years of hiding their, their identity um and <clears throat> their instagram page was recently wiped clean uh there's only one post on there right now leaving many to speculate that the one of the members at least had his uh identity doxxed and his identity revealed they all have individual pages, and the only one that was affected was the one who simply goes by three. Three is the bass player for Sleep Token. That personal page was taken down, and the official Sleep Token page uh, was wiped clean, as I mentioned. If, if you go over to their Instagram page, it's, it just says, nothing lasts forever. So what exactly happened? Well, according to Loudwire, some identified individual found the birth certificate of the band's bassist, known only as three, and posted it online for the world to see. Uh, they even claim this unknown person found his home address and his personal Twitch account and made that public knowledge as well. So 3 deleted his Instagram page. But on Saturday, yesterday, 12 or 1.20, he reactivated it and posted for the first time since the incident. So I'm going to show you his post uh, that, he, that he went up and posted on his page. Uh, I'm going to share it here on our screen. You guys can always watch us live, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly if you guys want to watch these things live with us. Uh, let me go to the uh, display capture and get that going for you. All right, here we go. Here it is. So it says, well, this is Sleep Token's first official post as well. This, this is what they posted. Those wishing to attend may register their interest at teethagod.com to obtain their unique access code for this April and May, the North American tour, 
they say North America shall gather and worship once again alongside special guests. Um, ESB, which is Empire State Bastard, the opening band. I'm not familiar with them. Um, but they posted this on there that they're doing a huge tour. So they wiped their Instagram uh, totally clean. And then here's his page. Uh, this is the member, bass player. This is his first post since his page was reactivated. It says, follow me between the jaws of fate so I can have you to myself for once. Teeth of God tour pre-sale begins Wednesday, 10 a.m. local time. So you got to wonder if this was like, A, really happened, and that all that birth certificate stuff was the real person and it got leaked. B, it was a publicity stunt for this new tour that's coming out and they wiped their Instagram to kind of garner a bunch of, you know, press. Mm-hmm. Or C, it's both. That they had this tour announcement already no, planned. trying to figure out a way that... To change the narrative and just change direction. And that was, in fact, his stuff that got doxxed. That was his birth certificate. And it, it did happen. And they were going to announce this tour anyway. So I'm thinking C, but I don't know. What do you think? My well, my thoughts immediately go to you know, who is? I I want to know who the person, the docs, the docs him is. What, who is this person and what is the motivation? Right. Like if this really is like a doxing, is it just like? What kind of person does that? Like mm-hmm. that are excited to? I mean, because this is a whole like fun, sort of thing, and it's not like. You know, I usually I think of doxing in the political, like revealing someone. Yeah, for you're a, trying a to get purpose. someone for you know to to shut up and get rid of them or whatever. Um, what's the point of doing this? So I will say too that uh, the background with Sleep Token is that they're also kind of a divisive band in the metal uh, community. That they're uh, a lot of people don't like them for whatever reason. They feel that they're too commercial. They have. Um, a different approach to metal than a lot of traditional metalheads would would like, right? So they are kind of a different band, and a lot of people feel that maybe the the fame is unwarranted, and these guys are blowing up, and these guys aren't that great. And there's maybe this kind of like anti-whatever. So like a disgruntled Sepultura fan? Something, or something, <laughs> some kind of fan that maybe all didn't, yeah, didn't like the band, doesn't like their music, and then also thought it would be funny or a way to like really stick it to them that anyone can find out your identity you're not safe uh i don't know i don't know that's what i'm trying to figure out too is like what's the point why ruin the fun for everybody and just okay. be this total jerk about it and okay. post it you know that's i guess what a that lot does fans, make some sense yeah i can see that um so that is, that's a bummer because some people do like it but i guess you know that's not that's not everyone's deals to 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 be nice to everyone. Yeah, and it sucks because, I mean, like we were saying, it's kind of the band's whole thing. It's their whole persona. It's like what the band was, like a mysterious kind of thing about them. And to have that revealed, uh, you know. Maybe it was someone from that. Marvel Comics that was mad for them ripping off Doctor Doom. <laughs> They're like, this has gone too this far. This gone too far. I need the, yeah. I need this. You don't Take the wind your out of your sails, yeah. I'll show you, <laughs> Sleep Token. It's a good theory too, man, at this point. Well, the band is yet to make an official statement about it. So nobody nobody knows for sure. Okay. Um, so or maybe it was like some uh, evangelical Christian warriors. That were you know, it could have been. Yeah, they had enough, and you know, they thought they were doing right by God. And 
There you go. <laughs> I don't Doxing know. for Jesus. Doxing for Jesus. There That's you good. go. Um, all right. Mick Mars against Motley Crue. So we talked about this, uh, you know, a couple weeks back or a couple months back, I, I think, when it first started. Now we're actually in the court battle. And the lawyers representing McMars are celebrating an early legal victory against the guitarist form bandmates following an L.A. judge's ruling that Motley Crue was unjustly stonewalling proceedings. According to this ruling, originally obtained by Rolling Stone, Los Angeles Superior Court Judge James C. Chalfant cited, that the, uh, fact, cited the fact that it took eight months for the crew and their people to submit the large amount of corporate documents that Mars initially sued for. See, so it was way back in April. Citing the delay, the judge ordered the band to pay the 72-year-old guitarist legal bills. So, that's pretty good. Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Members of Motley Crue are 72 years old now? Yeah. I My think, gosh. I think Mick is the oldest one in the group. Okay, okay. But, yeah, I mean, they're all up there. <laughs> it's just like, no. They're all late are... 60s at least. Oh, that's crazy for yeah. me to think of. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, when you, when you think about it, right? <laughs> they were prominent in the 80s. Yeah. And they were yeah. probably in they their 20s. They were like our parents' age, you know, right. older maybe. Yep. Wow. So you got to think they were born in the 60s or, or, or even late 50s. Yeah. I thought they were my sister's age. <laughs> anyway, so uh, not only did it take that long to make the documents available, the judge also noted that an initial document drop back in November was made with the band's represent representation, promising that they submitted all the documents, but they actually didn't have them. The judge, again, citing the nearly 1,400 pages of records that were submitted uh, in, in December. They uh, they went on, you know, to kind of say all this stuff. They failed to comply with the judge's orders. Though this may seem like cold comfort in the grand scheme of themes, Mars lawyer Ed McPherson told Rolling Stone this was finally proof that the band was trying to bully his client into completely giving up his stake in the band. He says, finally somebody told these guys that they can't bully Mick anymore. We're in the middle of a huge arbitration that will ultimately decide if Mick has to give up his shares in the band or not if they did things properly or not. Obviously, we claim they didn't do anything properly, but they feel they're above the rules, and that's what this lawsuit is about. Um, this was them feeling they were above the rules, judge saying, no, you're not. You may have given all the documents now, so there's nothing left for me to do, but you're going to pay for it. I think that's a pretty huge victory for Mick. If they want to claim a victory, that's fine, but this is someone finally telling Mick, no, you're not crazy. These guys are bullying you, and we're not going to let it happen. So what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I like that. It's I'm not like a, that. a fair. it's not like a definitive order yet, like a, a a victory, you know, in that regard. But that's a. But I like good, the statement there. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, you you're a part of the creative process. You deserve. Yeah, and they're trying to share. they're trying to push him out and say give up your shares, and he's holding his ground apparently. So good for him, man. I hope he's able to be successful. He deserves it. Um, all right. Let's talk about the Sublime reunion uh, deal here with Bradley Noel's son, Jacob, playing uh, for the first time together, apparently. Uh, Eric Wilson and Bud, you know, the original guys from Sublime, have been around for a while. They've been touring a Sublime with Rome. Are you familiar with that kind of incarnation, the Sublime with Rome thing, before we get into this? Not really. So Rome Ramirez, I think, is his last name. He's like a young guy that they've been playing with that 
kind of creepy. Wait, creep. is it? Is he kind of like he's like he's like looks like him and stuff like that? He doesn't really look like, like him. An Elvis impersonator, kind of. But thing? yeah, yes, he was like I, I forget what it was. He was like in a cover band and he worked at Taco Bell and it's kind of a weird story. It's kind of like he just like. So he like loves Sublime. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so they called it Sublime with Rome for a while. Okay. And that was like 10 years, I would say, okay. that they toured with that, right? Maybe like 2013, they first started around that time. Um, and I guess Bradley Noel's son, Jacob, now is in his 20s, early 20s. He's been like his own alternative type musician. Okay. Like it's not reggae or anything like, you know, Sublime at all, really. Bradley Noel's, uh, Jacob Noel's um, son, or excuse me. He just plays as Jacob Knoll, like an alternative okay. artist, right? Now this is the first time that he's going to be playing with the guys from Sublime. And so this was the first show, I guess, that they did. Um, a December 2023 benefit gig. So they tested the waters at this show. This is pictures from the show. This is a benefit gig. I forget what the benefit was for, but um, it was the first time that he played. And he's already, like, you could tell, like, I mean, he's got this look. Like I gotta say, he looks like a young Bradley Noel. He he he, he's got his shirt off. Shirt off with the messy he does hair. Need, he needs a little bit. Uh, he needs to gain a little bit of weight. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so they're scheduled now to do a whole tour and kick off that tour playing Coachella as Sublime. So they're not billing themselves as Sublime with Jacob or Sublime with Rome. Now they're so billing the themselves as Sublime. Rome is that just done? We don't know, I guess. Had it been up to this point or something? Sublime with Rome still has tour dates up until April. Oh, okay, so it's not like some sort of like... Well, I mean, it could be a new direction, but not necessarily. Yeah, we don't know exactly if this is like a one-off or if they're... I imagine they're going to tour with this because it would be highly successful. I could see that. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it's going to be. It says, so here's his quote on it. Uh, there was a press release, and Jacob said in a statement, he says, This has so many layers for me. On a spiritual level, my father passed away when he was 28, and I'm 28 now. It's been an honor. Isn't that crazy? It's an honor to carry on with our family's name and legacy with Sublime. I've been a performing musician with my own projects since I was 18. It's an absolute privilege to play with these uh, to play these sublime songs with legendary musicians like Eric and Bud. Wilson added, "This is great because I haven't had the opportunity to play with Bud in over a decade, and to have Brad's son playing our music is the closest thing possible to be playing with Brad." Uh, Go said, "I knew I would be playing with music with Eric again at some point, but to be playing music with Eric and Jacob, it's very reminiscent of those early days." in Brad's dad's garage. So last month it was said that the trio weren't calling themselves Sublime for that sh benefit show. It was Benefit for Bad Brains HR. That's right, the lead singer of Bad Brains, he's like going through like cancer treatment or surgery or something, and they raised a bunch of money for him, right? Uh, they did this show with a bunch of people and they were one of the bands there. The band is indeed listed as Sublime on the Coachella bill. We're gonna, so here, here's the thing about Rome. The group's last incarnation with singer Rome Ramirez was called Sublime with Rome. Ramirez announced his pending exit from the band mid-December. See, I missed this. Oh, okay. Saying he would be leaving by the end of 2024. So they're... Because they, I, I saw the tour dates through April. I'm like, well, it looks like Sublime with Rome's still around. 
but apparently he knew about this and, and says the upcoming performances over the next year will allow us to reflect on countless incredible memories together, stated Ramirez at the time. So there may still be some Sublime with Rome dates left to be fulfilled. Which is so, I mean, that that makes me think, like, this is a pretty amicable separation. Yeah. Like, he's, I mean, it sounds like, because, you know, he, like, loves the band. Mm-hmm. Like, that is his, and in, in, in a sense, you know, if you're someone who's joining to sort of fill a place, like, right. you have that. Just out of love for the towards, band. Yeah, like respect for the whole. Yep, yep. And then, you know, now that he's finishing, he's like finishing the, you know, unless it's like some contractual thing, but it seems like. Yeah, I think it, it probably is for the shows that are already sold and under contract. He's got to complete them. But after that, I think that Sublime's left to do this now with Jacob, which is kind of wild. Uh, it says the De- December benefit was the first time the rhythm section performed with the Noel offspring. It was also the first time Go and and Wilson had joined on stage since Go left the outfit in 2011. So I kind of forgot about that. He hasn't been with the the band as well since uh, Sublime with Rome. He hasn't been the drummer. It's just been um, Eric Wilson out there doing it, which is mm. kind of wild. They performed an eight-song set, which included many sublime classics, Santeria, What I Got, They Did It All. Um, you know, passed away in 96 when Jacob was 11 months old. That's when Bradley died. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So now, you know, the, the youths, the kids these days with sublime t-shirts, they'll get a chance to actually listen to some, some sublime. Yeah, it says, on a personal level, my uncles Bud and Eric are meant to play these songs and the fans want to hear them. I'm excited, nervous, thankful, humbled all at the same time step in this role and start this new chapter so here's the coachella lineup you could see that they are right here on day two yeah. saturday sublime right on the top that first kind of uh thing not many rock acts i'll, I'll say uh on this lineup which it seems as coachella continues it seems you know as it goes on and on um the rock just really is less of the focus blur is kind of cool to see there that's all for the warp tour <laughs> which doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> sadly, and that's the kind of thing, man. I mean, a lot of the rock is and is not being represented at a lot of the festivals uh, in Europe. It's huge, but here it's not so much right now. South America too. South America, exactly. The only uh, rock acts on this Coachella lineup that I see, I see Deftones are on Friday, which is cool. Okay. Gives me hope that Deftones Deftones will be at uh, AfterShock Festival if they're playing festivals like this. Um, and then also Blur uh, is yeah. that's pretty cool. Damon Albarn doing a Blur thing. Maybe they're going to be doing like a nostalgia tour. I could see. I think they were forming in 1993, 94. So I could see them doing a 30th anniversary thing there. Hey, do you know what Clowncore is there? Clowncore, yeah. Is that like um, like insane clown posse stuff or what? Well, that's. I mean, it's like a whole. It says Clowncore, so it makes you think. Is there like a whole aesthetic there, and then did they, is that a band? I'm not what? sure. It's probably just a, a band name, but I don't know. Maybe it is a thing, <laughs> a societal thing. Well, I mean, because if it's a band, it must no be an interesting looking, you know, clown core, like an apple core. Or we can look it up. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Coachella has a lot of that kind of stuff that you know, you don't know what what it is. You know, I did like that when I went to Coachella like 10 years ago and it was funny the last one we saw Blur and it was the Stone Roses the Blur and Stone Roses were the headliner Mm. and that was 10 years ago so um, it's kind of funny that they're on the lineup again 
it, the fun part about it was going through this lineup and, and Googling and, you know, checking out all these people because I've never heard of, like, you know, the, the last, like, four lines on each day. Most of those bands, I've, you know, 90% of them. I've heard of a couple of them, like Blondish, The Beths, you know. What about Earth Heater? But, yeah, see, I mean, like like you said, Clowncore, Mall Grab, Coco Roco. Coco Oroco or Kolsch, uh, Ben Sterling, Kevin Abstract, I don't think I've, uh, Young Fathers, Kenya Grace, never heard of these people. So that's the thing with Coachella. I feel like it's uh, a young person's game and it's also. Well, there is this new band on the second one, the Aquabats. (laughs) Yeah, totally new band, (laughs) Uh, but they're having a 90s thing, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, they're just like a goofy, like kind of novelty to go and see them, you know. That's uh, Danny Pilsier's favorite band, <laughs> the Aquabats. <laughs> I remember he he did love them uh, back back then. But yeah, anyway, so there you go. That's your Coachella lineup. Check that out. Oh yeah, and no doubt. That's right, no doubt reunion. Oh really? Yeah, no doubt reunion. That was uh, also a pretty cool, um, big deal. So they may be doing a tour, and it's the original lineup. So that's kind of cool. I would like to see them in some shape or form. I never got to see them in the 90s. That would be kind of neat. Hey, Manu Mokhtar is pretty good. Who's that? It's like, uh, as far as I know, it's like African music. Is that on, where is that at? On Manu day three? Mo- I'm pretty sure. Day three, yeah. Line? Line four? That one right there. Oh, Madhu Mokhtar. Yeah, I think I, I think I know that one. <laughs> DJ Seinfeld? Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's Jerry Seinfeld See, up it's there. It's Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, it's Jerry. What's or, this thing about DJs? Or maybe it's the uh, it's Am the I guy, right? the keyboardist who did all the <laughs> and he's just like doing that on the keyboard the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would actually be pretty funny. Uh. <laughs> all right. Songwriters Hall of Fame. Check out the 2024 nominees. Uh, a lot of people here. This is a pretty good little list. Check it out. We got Debbie Harry, Hart, Brian Adams, George Clinton, Doobie Brothers, REM, Public Enemy, Steely Dan, and more. So this is the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yes. How come this looks like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I know. Like all the people on there, pretty much, except for maybe like Public Enemy, are very. Clearly, though I would say the public enemies in the rock and roll hall of fame. Rock and roll is clearly in public enemy. Yeah, but like, yeah, our whole complaint about the rock and roll hall of fame—it's <laughs> not not present in the song. Well, I feel hall like the songwriters hall of fame, whose chairman is Nile Rodgers, so that tells you right there that he's a musician, he's badass, he's probably the one that's in control of a lot of this stuff and the nominations. Yeah. So he knows that these people are deserving musicians and deserving of this. I think the songwriting hall of fame is a little more legit than the rock and roll hall of fame because it's run by real songwriters and real musicians. Yeah, these are all certainly artistic greats. I mm-hmm. mean, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, good, but sometimes more, like, popularity seems to drive yep. the... But this is, yeah, I mean, it makes the sense. Real the real songwriting. It's like, yep. this is where they're paying attention to the artistry. Here's some of the full list. I mean, there's a lot here. Not just rock, obviously. We got, you know, the whole group from Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald. There's Burton Cummings, Tracy Chapman, um, George Clinton. George Clinton, That's as we good. mentioned. Uh, uh, Flavor Flav with Chuck D. 
Um, Bill Berry, Peter Buck, Mike Mills, Michael Stipe, REM, the whole group, Donald Fagan, Walter Becker from Steely Dan, a um, lot of lot of people. So really good to see all of that. So I hope that that turns into a, a more prominent event, maybe, that gets more attention than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because it seems like these people are more, I don't know, de- not deserving. I don't want to say that, but it seems like this is a great collection of well-deserved awards yeah to be yeah, given. yeah. Um, you know yeah, i agree with that all right so yeah that's happening uh what did i did i already throw it out it's june 13th sorry uh of this of this year and it's gonna be happening in new york additional honorees are gonna be announced soon too so that's not all so that's pretty cool all right let's get to the birthdays how about it all righty then All right. Mick Taylor, former guitarist of the Rolling Stones, is 75 years old. Look at him. He looks kind of forlorn. But like that, just, that just doesn't make any sense, though. It's just like we got Rolling Stones the same same age as Motley Crue. I mean, those <laughs> Motley Crue guys were late. <laughs> late bloomers. They were late bloomers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, right? That's kind of crazy. That, uh, Poor Mick, guys. Mick Mars. I mean, Mick Mars does look like he is very just... I hate to say it. Like, I couldn't say that he hanging looks on older. By a he doesn't look older than the Rolling Stones members. Mick but. Mars does look older, dude. Look at this well, guy's he face. Looks Mick Taylor, but I mean, well, and then Keith let's go Richards look at Mick Mars. For everyone, though. watch. Look at look <laughs> at this poor guy, dude. He looks seriously like <laughs> he's just been through the ringer in life, man. Gandalf like, the Black. Gosh, <laughs> poor Mick, dude. Hey, but you know he's doing something <laughs> I couldn't do. So no, I, I know more power but, to him. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, he, he's. I think it's the shape of his face, though. Right. There's just like a thing. Yeah. 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 This guy has a certain <laughs> shape to his face, a plumper. He, and he, and maybe just he's more gentle. It seems like he's playing like in a nice little like in a, you know. Yeah. Know. No shame. No shame though. <laughs> I mean, actually, I mean, shoot, gosh. Um, Jonathan Davis, singer of Corn, is 53. 53. He's 53. Um, <laughs> uh, Paul Stanley, singer and guitarist of Kiss. Uh, sorry, Kiss, 72. Yeah, that's another 72 that, uh, you know. Looking pretty good, 72 there. I got to say, looking a little better than Yeah, Mick Mars. and it doesn't look like he dyes his hair or anything, too. No, I mean, his hair looks like pretty you good. You see a little that, bit of gray yeah, no, in there, right about so that. it's like, wow. Yeah, that doesn't look like it's all funky. Look at that. Eric Stewart, singer and guitarist of 10CC, is 79. That has to be an old. Picture. I know I couldn't find another one of them. Oh, I was gonna say, but that looks that's that's I, that was, cool. that was hard to cool. find a, even that picture of them. Are those? Yeah, that was cool in the early '90s. There, um, Ian Hill, bassist of Judas Priest, 73 years old. Dewey Bunnell, singer uh, and guitarist of America. He's on the left. Is 72. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Oh no! Oh, wait, we got wait. Rod Evans, original lead singer of Deep Purple. Um, Hush, Kentucky Woman, is 77. Tracy Guns, guitarist of L.A. Guns, um, The Bride of Destruction, is 58 years old. I think that's uh, a picture of him as a train conductor. Yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) Who does that remind me of? He looks like some sort of... uh, Oh, you know the guy in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? (laughs) What's that guy's name? He looks a little bit like him, but this is a beard Yeah, he kind of does. He does, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, same <laughs> hat too from the movie. 
Looks like he, from well, like, he's a man of constant <laughs> like a sorrow 19... that he's wandering all his days. Yes, it, I mean that's a hat from his chain gang. I or believe. no, it's when he was <laughs> hopping trains. Yeah, he hopping would have train to hop cars. On the yeah, train, and then they would he just put that on, and no With one knew the... that it was he was. He, they just thought he was a conductor out right. inspecting the, the cars. Him and uh, Boxcar Bertha. Boxcar Bertha. All right. Trivia, let's go. Trivia time. Time for some trivia this week in rock and roll history trivia. You guys ready for this one? It's a tricky one. Who was it in 1980 this week? uh, They were arrested for marijuana possession at Narita Airport in Japan. They spend the first 10 days of the tour that they were going on. Uh, in a Tokyo jail. Was it, was it A, Frank Zappa, B, Eddie Money, C, Paul McCartney, or was it D, David Cocaine Crosby and his hashish hookah Havana of Tokyo? <laughs> um, what do you think? What do you think? Well, Who, let's see. Who's the in, biggest stoner here? In 1980. 1980. Well, was Frank Zappa was like, was he still... Uh, he died in the 90s. Okay, so, I mean, yeah, he, he was what around. What was it? What's the band? Were... Mother Invention? Yeah, Mother's Invention. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Eddie Money. Eddie Money? I'm going to go with Eddie Money. Eddie Money. I'm putting my money on Eddie Money. You're putting your money on money. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, you're going to lose that money because look at this picture here. Oh, my gosh. The many lives <laughs> of Paul McCartney. I know. I swear it's always something happening with the Beatles. I know. He Did was a, he was a bad boy. In those days, yeah, well, this was look at the this is like from a magazine or a newspaper. Like, look at they like did Beatles this like yeah. They did this like shock of like they they they, they block <laughs> out the guy's eyes yeah. like can't be associated with this like dishonor. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his shoes too. Yeah, he's wearing like prison slippers. He's got his little <laughs> slippers, and he has his overcoat. Or is that a straight jacket? What is that? I know it's like a big. I don't know. It's, it's a like big coat, but his crazy arms. American. Yeah, his arms oh, are wait, <laughs> Brits. His arms are nowhere to be seen. I don't know. Uh, so yes, but there's interesting. There's Gosh, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney, bad boy. Yep. Uh, he was there. Get this. They got a nearly a, a half pound off of him. What? Yeah, and he swore that it was for personal use, uh, but it was a large enough amount to warrant a smuggling charge and a potential seven-year prison sentence. Oh my gosh! They made a big deal out of it, but of oh, course, it was the an international yeah, uh, an international Paul McCartney incident. Yep, Paul McCartney. Half oh, a pound man. of marijuana, crazy. Huh? Half a pound? Yeah. That's what How they big said. is that? That's uh, it's. Half a pound is um, so. Is that like a quarter a, pound this is four big? ounces? So that's eight ounces. So eight ounces. Uh, the you know that's uh, an ounce is a, a full Ziploc baggie. Like an a, ounce is a full Ziploc bag. Yeah, like a, a sandwich size baggie. Are you kidding me? Pack, so eight of those. <laughs> oh my god. Or a uh, four. No wait. No yes eight. Yeah. Did he like bring it in his 16. pillow? Because at first I was gonna say. <laughs> He should have just put it under his top hat. A half pound, yeah, because there's 16 but he'd ounces. But you have to put a freaking whole my pillow. Size That's a lot. Earth. But I mean, wow. he was gonna be on tour, and he was thinking maybe you know. They smoked <laughs> a lot of. Well, I mean, I guess uh, had 80s? John died yet? Yeah, maybe he 1980? was 1980 going through. I think it he just did. Yeah, I think it was he... 1980. But I wonder if it had happened. Oh no, that's Cause, true. Because he died. Maybe back not either. yet. No, because this is 19 uh, January. So no. 
Maybe you wouldn't have died yet. Anyway. All right, we got some new albums out this week. Uh, I was thinking about making something for this. <laughs> anyway, new rock and metal albums out for the week. Uh, David, what do you think here? Take it away. Okay, we've got, oh, Green Day. Yeah. Savior's there. New album from them. Sleater Kinney. Yes. A little Rope. The Fawns. How awesome. I'm trying to, let's see. What's a, should I read them off? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So no, we, we got, could talk about them. We could read them. We got off, Atrocity, whatever. Occult Three, Big City, Sun, Wind, Sails, Black Star, Riders, Wrong Side of Paradise, Celestial Wizard, Winds of Co- That's a really that's a good, good one. Band name that's a good right one. There. Winds of Cosmos, Dryad, The Abyssal Plain. Hey, that's a good uh, geography term. Oh yeah, yeah there the you ocean. go. Right. Um, Celestial. Oh wait, we already did that. Half Life, Like a Jungle. Heroes and Monsters, Heroes and Monsters, Imperium, the Candes, huh. In Sorrow Evermore, Issa, Lights of Japan, Catatonia, that one's pretty cool, Sky Void of Stars. Yeah, I like that. Laura Cox, idea. Head Above Water, Main Skin. Oh, yeah, that's actually pronounced Mona Skin. Oh, they, is it? Because they have like a oh, little, the, the little tilde the, or whatever they're called. The uh, umlaut? Yeah, I guess. Mona Skin. Yeah, yeah, umlaut. Where are they yeah. from? Do you know? Uh, I forget, like, like Danish, North, German, Swedish, something like something that. Like yeah, that? Swedish, okay. something like that. Nat, Nat. Riverside, <laughs> ID, entity. Um, Slegest, Avstand. Avstand, yeah. Yeah, 10. Something Wicked This Way Comes. That's classic. Tidal Wave, The Lord Knows. Tribunal, The Weight of Remembrance, and Twilight Force at the Heart of Winter, uh, Winterfell. I, I got to say, Chris. Hmm. What do we got? This list is weak. I know. It's not. Where's all the, like. The fun stuff. Like, pustule worms or, you know, something like. <laughs> well, it's January. They got to, you know, kind of get the gears. Yeah, that. they got yeah, to work up to that. By out, they all have their. By 4th of July, we're going to be firing on all cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> like, mom told me not to say yucky words this year. I'm yeah, let's just do, do Celestial Wizard, you know, Half Life. I mean, these are all. <laughs> Celestial Wizard, I think, is the best. These are all uh, out of those. Highly, um, what would I say? Uh, es- these are escapist. These are escape- <laughs> right. Black Star Riders. Right. Okay, I will say Black Star Riders, that one's very cool. That's good. Yep. All right. Well, those albums are all out now. So grab them up if you're fans or you're interested. Check this out for movie TV entertainment no news. Uh, Polly Shore is going to be starring as Richard Simmons in a new biopic. Uh, they've been work. He's been working on this for a while. He's been wanting like, to do this for like 20 years. <laughs> it feels like he's. I haven't seen Polly Shore. I know. Long, well, no. This is just starting to to actually start working on it. But he's been wanting to do this for a while. The film is in development now at Warner Brothers. Is is Richard Simmons working with them? Well, I don't know. Let's 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 see here. It says Simmons took to Facebook uh, to address the news on Wednesday, explaining that he did not give his permission for the movie to be made. Hi, everybody. You may have heard that they may be doing a movie about me with Polly Shore. I have never given my permission for this movie, so don't believe everything you read. I no longer have a manager, and I no longer have a publicist. I just try to live a quiet life and be peaceful. Thank you for all your love and support. I, you know, there was a while ago a documentary about Richard Simmons. Yes, and he had like disappeared for a while. Right. So he's that. I'm glad to hear that he is 
corresponding somewhat. But isn't bit. this kind of like, uh, like, how does this happen? Like, if he's not giving his permission, I guess is my question. How does it like continue to 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 happen? Yeah, I guess. Like, oh, we're just gonna do it without you. Sorry, you don't give your permission. Yeah, but. I guess that's. I mean, because people make movies about uh, uh, Dick Cheney and. Right. George W. I guess. Stuff like that. They don't need their permission. Land, they don't need their permission. But, I mean, come on. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you want to have permission from Richard Simmons? I think so. Because then maybe the movie's not going to be exactly how he wants it. It's not going to be, yeah. you know, it's not going to be whatever. Maybe they're going to focus on In some on ways, it almost is like, do you even want to watch it that much? Right. Because, I mean, usually if you watch a movie that is a biopic like this and you know there's some sort of, like, official and premature you get excited about watching it because you're like yeah this is going to be like i might learn some things about right. the inner yep workings of this person's life that are credible mm-hmm. um because you know richard simmons i mean for our it's generation true. is a a very um treasured person you, you know? know you know what is a good example of one that was done right and well and won awards and everybody liked was the weird al yankovic uh, one that just came out it won a bunch of awards. Uh, it had Daniel Radcliffe uh, yeah. as playing a young Weird Al, and Weird Al himself was involved in the whole process. Yeah. So it was like I how he wanted it, to though, do it. Though I wonder, because in that, there was nothing about Weird Al's life in that movie, though. Yeah. That was the hard part because it was like they I was all glossed excited. over it. Yeah. Well, no, I mean they just made a fake story. The whole thing was fake. Well, as far as I could tell. Yeah. It was all fake. Oh, well, they, I don't know. On purpose. I never saw it. it. No, I so haven't seen is, it. Yeah, so you haven't seen it. So you watch it, and you start, you start like, you know, getting into it early on. So they don't and then like you realize this is all obviously made up. Wow. Like they, it's it's crazy wild stories. So it's like the kind of thing where it's not a biopic. Oh. It's a fake biopic. Where I think that's why we're we're. Well, not I guess that's a bad example because they were like. It's a fabrication. It was like a fabrication, but it was in this in this way that you're like, okay, yeah, I can see why Weird Al was like, yeah, I'm cool with this because it's all fake and everyone knows it. Huh. Okay. It's a, but it's, ah, oh, man. So it's not like Which an expose. I really wanted or, to ha- see what Weird Al was like, but I think maybe he's like, my life was just like really normal or something. Maybe, but that's interesting. Well, uh, and maybe this is kind of along the lines of, the, yeah, like we want to do a nitty gritty like your real life and, like, and he no. doesn't want to do that yeah and he's like no i don't want to do that and they're like well we're gonna do it anyway. like show you the real like the uh, real richard simmons the dis- di- like difficult yeah the travails and things like i that. think people would like to see that though yeah that's probably true i think he's had kind of emotional uh probably bad so, history well, he had some relationship or something with the I don't know. If they're married or not but he, or something like something really interesting in that way it, yeah um, well I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's kind of weird, though, that he's Well, not... good luck to both Pauly Shore and Richard Simmons. Yeah, I right? Say. <laughs> <laughs> we wish them well. All right, uh, the Emmys. Uh, okay, uh, have you ever seen the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Have you ever yes, seen that show? Yes, yes, yes. What do you think of the show? Uh, it's pretty funny. Pretty funny. I once had a friend show me an episode um, that had some puking in it that really oh, yeah. made me laugh a lot. Um, was a guy named Chris Moreno. Yeah, yes, yes. I doxed him. Yes, <laughs> yes, you found out his identity. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, the egg in the limousine yes. uh, scene. 
It's fantastic. It stand, or when uh, what's his name is in time. a wheelchair and then they like they go to the strip club and then Danny DeVito like steals all the the girls. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah, the, the, that sounds plausible. Yep, yep that's yep. great. They, well, they they figure out that if you're in a wheelchair, then strippers like are really uh, <laughs> right. like is sympathetic. Sympathetic, so, so we can, can get like, yeah get free can, lap dances, get, like lucky and stuff. <laughs> and then, but what happens though is Danny DeVito moves into the apartment, and so he goes in and he like takes he takes the uh, the girls. And then after a little while, he actually just, like, gets himself a wheelchair. <laughs> right. Because he loves the <laughs> wheelchair like, life. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, check it out. They were calling out the Emmys uh, for not being included uh, in the Emmys for the past, ever since Sonny has been on the air, I guess for the past 16 years, I think they were saying. Wow. That they've never got a, not a single nomination. And so I wanted to play this uh, for you guys and so you could check it out. I thought it was a pretty good... Um, kind of call out and it wasn't really directly calling them out but in a funny kind of way so uh, let's let's check it out of course you guys can watch on demand on our YouTube channel uh, on the video so check it out here it is yeah real quick uh, Martin was uh, has been notorious for never getting a nomin uh, a single Emmy nomination throughout the life of its really and that was a fantastic Martin. comedy and so uh, they had a Martin reunion at the Emmys this year. I don't know if you saw any of the Emmys. They did like a Cheers reunion. Was Shanene O'Connor there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> think Shanene was there, but they did a Martin reunion with the original cast. They did a Cheers reunion with the original cast, and they had this kind of like nostalgia thing, you know, oh, going on. Oh, really? I didn't see that. That's cool. But the whole point was is that Mar Martin was shunned by the Emmys when it was on the air like they never got a single nomination and a lot of people think it was because it was a black comedy that it was predominantly black cast uh, with black writers and never got a single Emmy nomination during that time you know and it was which a you know I could hilarious see, I could show see there is like because always it's always sunny in Philadelphia is very like a working class it's very working class like, it's very edgy it's very yeah, dark yeah. It's not like stuff that the Academy likes to uh, reward. It's, so, a, it's like it's Walmart, whereas every <laughs> awards go to Target. Right. Right. Or fancier places, yeah. uh, Burberry. Uh, uh, so, Pier One Imports. Yeah, there you go. There or you the go. Gap. The gap, the, the yeah. gap of comedy. The gap. It's <laughs> still right. mass produced, but it's. Uh, Let's let them say their thing here, and uh, I, won't, I won't interrupt anymore. Check it out. What an honor it is to be here at the 75th Emmy Awards. Yes, it truly... Wait, what? what yes. What, 75 years? Yeah. The show's been on for 75... We've been on the air since 2005. I've never even been here. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. Have you guys been doing this every single year without us? Without us? Yeah. They do. They get dressed up. They give each other awards. Okay. Yeah. And 16 seasons, we've never even been... We've never presented before. No. Uh, oh. I, mean, I feel like we're getting the full Martin treatment over here. Yeah. yeah. Sort of, except... They built them a set. Where's Patty's Pub? Yeah, we should have a set, and they, they gave us the same bit. Well, well, Danny, I mean, surely the Emmys must have given you an award. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. They did? Yeah, I got, yeah, I got one. For Sunny? No, for Taxi. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Settle down. Well, how long was how long was Taxi on the air? Five years. <laughs> Only five years, and it got nominated. Yeah, we had we had 34 nominations and 18 wins. That's why I got one. Yeah. You, yeah. 
Thank you very much. Okay, 34 nominations in five years versus zero nominations in 16 years. That math is bad. The math's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Rhea won four. Okay. For cheers. Wow. All right, don't rub it in. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe they got some trophies backstage that they just like forgot to give us. Just it could have been a mix-up. Uh, no, I won some last week. I, we got five for Welcome to Wrexham. Huh. And I went, yeah, thank you. And I went backstage and, and I looked for the Martin ones and I looked for the Sunny ones and they didn't have them. Nothing, huh? No. Shoot. All right, I'm still going to poke around back yeah, there. Yeah, I'll rifle around back there. Yeah, I'll probably find something back there to grab. Um, so speaking of guys with uh, far too many nominations, here are the nominees for Outstanding Talk Series. Look at Cole from Martin. He's loving it. <laughs> Isn't that great? Dude, they just they just went and went and went. Yeah. So good. It was like well over their intro for that thing. And I I don't know. I just I love that they just like kind of didn't uh, back down from their thought about it and they pointed that out. And I thought it was good that they pointed it out yeah. uh, in regards to Martin as well, uh, making light that the Emmys are and those people are pretty tone deaf when it comes to comedies and things like that. They just get a lot of stuff wrong. So hopefully maybe that'll change, you know? Well, it's anyway. a weird thing. Like, I, I have a friend who is a filmmaker, and I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, but he was telling me the process that you get nominated for things. Right. And it has a lot to do with just, like, how much money your, your um, company, like, puts into. Right. Like, because he, he was telling me, he was like, he made a really good film, a okay. very good film, and there was like he went and showed it in these various places, and like a lot of different um, directors and other people, you know, celebrities and others were like, yep. "This is this is really good," and there was talk about getting it nominated for an Oscar. It is a documentary wow. film, and he was like, "No, it just it couldn't happen because the uh, the company that that." I don't know, produced it. Distributed, little, distributed it, put it, it or produced whatever. It. just wasn't, like, big enough. Yeah. Like, it didn't have enough. I don't know exactly how it worked. I can't remember exactly how it all works, but he was like, no, it goes a lot by, like, you know, it's it's not just the quality of your work. No, it's like, how much money it made yeah, yeah. and then your connections uh, in the industry. Yeah. Because I heard that a lot of it with Grammys and Emmys and stuff is that you actually get nominated by a representative from the record label. Like when I was watching that Millie Vanilli documentary, that was one of the ways that Millie Vanilli got exposed was that they got nominated for the Grammy by their label rep, like their their little manager guy who was like a younger representative of their major label, put in the nominee for them. Like they, he's like, these guys are great we're having a great tour and he didn't know that it was a um all a backing track band or whatever and so by him putting in that nomination it ruined the whole thing and they were pissed and they came at him like why did you nominate these guys why did you and he's thinking like what are you talking about they're they're my band that i'm promoting like i i thought they had a good album i just thought i was doing what i was supposed to do they're like no you don't know this is not they're not actually singing, and now uh, the nominee went through, and they're up against real artists, and it was all a sham that got exposed, and it was all because the label rep put that nominee in. So I think that's with music. I don't know if it's the same with film, yeah. but I know there's a lot of that going on. So, it, and it that's sad too because it that's not accurate or whatever 
it's they're all label people. They're people that, oh, it's Johnny from a Reprise. Yeah, whatever band he's working on, we'll put him for the best new artist. You know? Yeah. Right. And it's some band that maybe there's a bunch of best new artists of the year, right? But it's because it's Johnny from Reprise that he's the one that put the nominee in, and they have to, oh yeah, we'll, we'll respect that, or or he's the most prominent, or whatever. You know? Who knows? Yeah. It's yeah. it's BS, man. I agree. So anyway, get your shit together, Emmys and Grammys. Uh, get some new people in there. I don't know. Or figure out a new process. Yeah, figure out a new process. It's BS. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all of it. It's garbage. All right. News from around the world. Thought this was cool. 87-year-old man becomes the oldest to paddle the Mississippi River. A Tennessee man became the oldest person to paddle the length of the Mississippi River when he completed the 87-day journey at the age of 87. Isn't that cool? Wow. He did. It, was, it took him 87 days to go from Lake Itasca, Minnesota, on his 87th birthday, and arrived in Luling, Louisiana, 87 days later, earning the Guinness World Record at the age of 87 years and 87 days. And he's from Missouri. Yeah, or Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee man. He uh, must do a lot of canoeing. There yeah, he Tennessee. traversed the river in a 15-foot, six-inch canoe. First paddled the length in the Mississippi at the age of 80, apparently, in the summer of 2015. He says, I couldn't turn down the opportunity to reclaim my personal record at the same time, get a new official Guinness World Record title. And he's got the little GoPro up there with his flag, and looks like they had a crew filming him and documenting the whole process. That's 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 champion. Isn't that cool? That's cool. I wonder how he slept. I want to know how he slept. Yeah, does he... Uh... Like you dock at the end of the... At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you dock somewhere and you, you just sleep in the canoe. You poop in the canoe. Is he wearing diapers? Well, maybe. I mean, if he has to clean, he might use a douche canoe. No, maybe the canoe thing. has like a little, um, like a door that's able to, and he's able to just keep canoeing and, and it poos right out <laughs> into the water. <laughs> like in a train, you yeah. Know, trains, it's like a poop, uh, poop shoot, like a little, like well, an exhaust pipe. But he has to have like, but like he has to have like pipe. a chamber, you know, right. like for, like on a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, like a yeah, yeah a like space one chamber, open, waste poo, chamber. The one opens, you right. poop in there, then like you close that chamber, one, and yeah. then you open the other one, <laughs> and it cleanses, it washes it all out. It disintegrates it into like space dust. Yeah. <laughs> well, if the alien, then you just like poke the hole in right. the wall and then it just gets sucked to the that end. could work too yeah all right check this out news from around the world one of the many reasons i i do not want to ever go on a cruise have you ever been on a cruise i have not is it something you want to do you know i was i i don't <laughs> really have cruising much desire. the life I will for you say one thing that would be cool would be to go on a cruise uh like in alaska mm-hmm like just to be like next to glaciers and see the glaciers, really yeah. close to the glaciers. Those are popular ones. Yep. I I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. But I don't like the whole. I mean, actually, no. It would be cool to be on a boat that has a window. Mm-hmm. But a cruise, I don't like the whole thing. It's just like I'm fat enough. I don't need to go and like be on a boat and just like eat nonstop buffet, nonstop and like lay around and stuff. Yeah. Well, on January 3rd this year, the ship, uh, the Celebrity Cruise ship, uh, and its 2,056 guests embarked on a nine-night cruise as people began to fall ill. The crew attempted to isolate the infected travelers and took extra cleaning, disinfecting measures, but at that point, it's like, what do you do, right? A hundred people? Yep. 
more than 100 Bloody. people. Uh, norovirus, also known as the stomach flu, can cause vomiting, diarrhea, nausea, common cause of ship outbreaks. So imagine that you're on a you're already, you're already on a ship where you're like getting nauseous and kind of seasick, and now you get this norovirus, vomiting, diarrhea, and nausea on top of that, and you're like inside a little tiny. I imagine the bathrooms are like the yeah. size of an airplane, <laughs> an airplane bathroom like, or something. Yeah, it's like a little, yeah, little bitty space. And you, you imagine even... like throwing up in there or doing whatever you had to do. Well, like because you have diarrhea, like, uh, both. Yeah, you got both issues at the same time. And then you you're... can't just lean over into the bathtub. Man, golly flop! That's so what a vacation, terrible. huh? What a vacation that we paid probably ten thousand dollars for for both of us to go Is that on how much they are i don't know it's like off. yeah it's a couple grand like each that. i think holy moly yeah a couple grand i think pretty sure especially for a nine night one i would imagine uh, this was uh where were they going uh it doesn't say 100 travelers aboard a celebrity cruise ship i don't know celebrity cruise ship huh well that's just the brand it's like so they don't like bring some celebrities no it's not at. like that that sounds fancier than it Dang. is no, it's not like that at all. And these are kind of the lame ones where they have like some cool stuff up top, but no it's go like kart not, track? yeah, 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 no go kart, nothing. No, I don't know. It's like it's not really it doesn't look like a cool one. Uh, not worth it to me. All right, speaking of uh, virus outbreaks, this was kind of crazy. I don't know if you heard about it. The Chinese scientists created a mutant coronavirus strain that attacks the brain and has a hundred percent kill rate in mice. Isn't that great? They admit that there's a risk that it spills over to humans too. So. Hey, look out, you know, might get Are out you there. Are kidding me? So researchers, uh, here's how it happened. Researchers took COVID-like virus from a beautiful little pangolin. Those, uh, yeah, that pangolin looks really cute. Yeah, he's very cute, but he holds a deadly brain-killing virus. The key to zombie yeah. apocalypse. And then the virus was cultured. They eight mice were infected. Virus spread to their brain, lung, eyes, nose, and trachea, and all eight died from a brain infection later. So isn't that fun? Uh, it's a mutant coronavirus strain, GXP2V, cloned from a virus found in pangolins. Um, they were trying to assess its potential effects in humans. Caused every infected mouse to die. Surprisingly quick outcome. Study revealed high viral loads in the mice brains and eyes, suggesting unique ways of multiplication and spread. They warn over spillover risk into humans, raising concern about the research's potential to trigger another pandemic. The scientific paper detailing these findings is yet to be published. So this uh, got this got leaked, I guess. I don't know how accurate it is, uh, but this is what they're saying. That's kind of crazy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's rewind to, uh, what was it, to, uh, what's the name of that band? Candlebox? <laughs> that, got do that got dogs. Oh, Sleep Token? Sleep Token. Yeah. There's your Sleep Token right there. Oh, Not cool. Stop it. It just reminds me of, like, the uh, AI programmers making AI. Mm-hmm. This is like, why did you do that again? Just to see. Because you know? we thought it would like, be fun. Check it out. Look what I did. Blah. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't get it. I get why people like try and test things, but it seems like this way of doing it just creates problems. I'm like, as I could do it. It's like, well, <laughs> should we though? Should you? Oh, man. All right. A couple more weekly WTFs this week. Human remains sent to moon will instead burn up in the atmosphere. So there was oh, this dang. <laughs> the the peregrine le lunar lander was supposed to bring human remains to the moon. These people paid $13,000. 
70 people were placed on board and their loved ones paid 13 grand each because they thought that they were going to the moon. But instead, uh, there was a leak on January 8th, with, which made arriving on the moon an impossibility. Instead of allowing the spacecraft to float in space, it's scheduled to return to Earth over the South Pacific and burn up in the atmosphere. So that's where all the remains will go, is just burning up so in the atmosphere. So the $13,000 <laughs> cremation. Like, wow. Isn't that, like, just... I don't know. I'd be pretty, pretty upset about that. If that... I have to say... <laughs> Our Western society, right? We've got some issues, man. We've got some issues. You sure do. We're gonna say, wow. <laughs> how would you? How does that sound to you? Would you like to be sent to the? Uh, to the I mean, it sounds cool in theory, but if it costs thirteen grand to my loved ones, then I would say do not do that. Well, since we're talking about, uh, uh, no way, sleep token and and killing, you know, CO, sorry, COVID nineteen. <laughs> reboot yeah, or whatever sleep token and then, now we've got this covid in how would you want to be buried uh i like the we were talking about this actually before i like the idea of having my remains uh ashes in um like a tree um type of deal where you would yeah, plant plant yeah. a tree and my uh kind of ashes and stuff would mix with the um the ground and then the tree would be there and you know i can kind of uh be you know, co-mingled into the dirt that way instead I'll of in a stupid coffin. I don't stick like acorns in all my orifice, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. See, look I'll at that forest where David Man of the did. forest, yeah. Right? No, no, actually, yeah, I'd like that. Or know, just, though. you know, put me in a damn basket. Send something. me down the river. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, because I'm just like, why can't people just rot nowadays? Well, yeah, we're, I mean, we're always trying to stop stop us from rotting. It's like that's what people are, that's what dead things are supposed to do. No, I, we like embalm them and put them, put them in, them a, in fancy a cement. Coffin. You know, put them in a fancy com coffin, like encased in cement and stuff like no, that. No, I agree. I think you should like thing. kind of decompose naturally. And I guess the closest way of doing that is 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 like kind of what I'm describing, like where you would unfortunately have to be cremated i think and then you know that would be mixed into yeah the the, the, the uh plant yeah, matter. the uh, fertilizer the fertilizer fertilizer for the oak tree so yeah i mean that that's probably the way i would like yeah I'd that's like lovely to do it, that is you lovely. know i guess i don't know uh okay last story of the week ladies got diarrhea for life after bowel injury from ozembic Oh, my goodness. A woman is suing uh, a bunch of people, I guess, is among a group of plaintiffs suing Novo Nordisk, which is the pharmaceutical company behind Ozembic and Wegovi. Uh, according to this, she claims to have developed gast gastroparesis, which is a rare condition affecting stomach muscle movement after using Ozembic. This led to life-threatening bowel injury, requiring an eight-hour emergency surgery. Wow. She alleges that she was not adequately warned about the risk of this disease on the drug's packaging and now faces a lifetime of diarrhea. It's unclear whether <laughs> she was using Ozembic for diabetes treatment or as a weight loss drug. It's all the weight loss now, right? It's just nothing Pops but weight loss Ozempic, now. Pops some Ozempic, you get good. A, it's a slip and slide in there. Right? <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's all weight loss. <laughs> Poor dear, bless her heart. Uh, golly. That's I would those... say, yeah, sue them. <laughs> Get them. Right. Get them. Get them. 
Yeah, you'll get some money, but I mean, the quality of life is God. That's got to be horrible. I mean, so but now she can't take Ozempic. She's not going to be all thin <laughs> no, and stuff. no, she won't. But I guess like she's yeah, got the natural. Like, can you sue a company and then just buy a bunch of Ozempic? <laughs> like, sue all the right. Novartis and then I don't, just buy a bunch of Ozempic? I don't it? know. I mean, that's a good question. I guess the whole... she's like, well, I'm already diarrhea for life. I might as well take the stuff. <laughs> Diarrhea, gaser, <laughs> gastroparesis. You know, she's paresis. I think that's actually uh, one of the band names. Uh, that's a good name yeah, that we saw. Last gastroparesis. Week. Yes. Or and uh, the album was called Diarrhea for Life. <laughs> it was gastroparesis. <laughs> Diarrhea for life. Diarrhea for life. That I was one. gonna say gastroparesis album called Ozempic. <laughs> but that one's not as funny. Diarrhea for life is good. That's a good one. No, that has the ring of like uh, festering, corpuscule, or what you know, gastroparesis. Like yeah, exploding warts. Yeah, exploding boils. Exploding boils. Right. All right. Well, everybody's getting grossed out now. <laughs> so enjoy that. Don't take a Zembic unless you want to have diarrhea for life. I guess I don't know. I guess that's a rare thing, but oh. Sued. It's still worth sued. mentioning. Now we're getting sued. Ozembic, I can't wait for it. Come after me. I, 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 I'd, <laughs> I'd frame that if, if that happened. Anyway, oh, all right. Man. I'm out of here, guys. We're out of here. We'll see you guys see next ya. week. Thanks for tuning in. Rocknewsweekly.com. All socials at Rocknewsweekly. YouTube.com at Rocknewsweekly. See you next week. Peace.